Welcome to Hockey Unfiltered, a podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm here with the man himself, the legend, the hockey outsider, as it were. And we're going to be talking about 2021, a great year if you're a fan of, you know, global pandemics and uh, lots of crazy storylines to get to. So uh, without further ado, well, little further ado, we'll get to the show. So before we get started, Ken, how you doing? I'm doing great. If I were any better, I'd want to be twins. <laughs> I have a podcast. You have a podcast. I have a podcast. The the perfect that, that makes me one of what four billion people. people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are now part of the majority of the human race, yeah. in that you have a podcast. And I'm opening my ceremonial diet coke. So <laughs> did you, did you shake that up? The before? nectar of the gods. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll shake them up at the end of the first okay. episode and okay. spray yeah, them all yeah, over ourselves. Yeah. We did it! You know? <laughs> yeah, much like the Leafs after the 93, the Leafs fans were like, yeah, that was our year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we came closer than we did. 2002, I remember I was in the in the dressing room after uh, the Leafs beat um, Ottawa to go to the conference final. And Alexander McGillney, yeah. it was his first year on the team. Yeah. And... He, he had just won the cup with New Jersey, I think, I think the year before. And so he's sitting there and we're talking to him and he's looking around and he's just got this most, the most bewildered look on his face I've ever seen. Right. And he's like, what, what's the big deal? Like, why is everybody so excited? Yeah. We only made it halfway through the playoffs. <laughs> and I was like, you really are new around here, aren't you? <laughs> And he was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember that playoff run well, living in Toronto. We, we we had to watch it all on the bunny ears and the, you know. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, they got knocked out by Philly that year, right? Nope. They got knocked out by Carolina in the conference oh, final. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 2002 yeah. is when Carolina yeah. won the cup. Philly was 2004. When Jeremy Roenick scored in overtime. And that's then, right. And then the lockout after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great times. The years, the years that the Leafs almost came close to winning something. Halcyon <laughs> <laughs> uh, days to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> the hallowed halls of the early Air Canada Center. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So why don't we jump into a few of these questions? Right on. Uh, you sent me these last night. I love them. Good. The first one I've got is... Which goal was more spectacular, Connor McDavid for dummying the four New York Rangers, or and you called it the uh, Zegras Dishigan Dishigan because you know the Michigan yeah the Michigan that yeah, you dished so the Dishigan I I can't take credit for that I oh, I, re you can't? I read that on Twitter somewhere oh okay yeah yeah so I can't I cannot take credit for giving it that name but I think it's a great name yeah yeah so which one do you pick? Oh, I for me it's for me it's Connor McDavid. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just because we get to argue right off the top then here because I'm going to say Dishigan, but uh, excellent. Well, that makes for good <laughs> TV, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. If we have to blow off enough well, steam, wrong. we'll just fist fight. You're wrong, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> okay, tell me why I'm wrong. No, I, for me it was just um, it was it was at that point in the game they were down five four to the New York Rangers. It was the night Kevin Lowe had his uh, sweater retired. And it's a sweater, not a jersey. Um, 
he, he had his number retired. Uh, and, and, uh, it would just, it just like, it was in the moment, you know, it yeah. was late in the game. Um, you know, and, and I, I watched it again last night. So he gets the puck and pull your Yarvi. Yes. He pull your is like on top of Shesterkin at this point. Right. In, in his crease. Yeah. So, so pull your has to get out. And so, McDavid rags the puck and and keeps a hold of it until Puliyarvi gets out and then he just goes nuts, right? <laughs> goes through like four guys like like they were skating yeah. like they were skating on his heated driveway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just he just beats all those guys and then Deekshire Sturkin and goes upstairs and to me it was just so in the moment. I mean, you know, the Zegers goal was a pretty big one too. It was nothing nothing and Yeah. I think they ended up winning that game two one or something. Yeah. Um, but uh but to me it just that embodied sort of what Connor McDavid has that that kind of to me it embodied Connor McDavid in twenty twenty one. Right. Like if if you wanted to if you wanted to make a statement about, you know, what what was what was twenty twenty one with respect to Connor McDavid, yeah. you just point to that play and it's like, yeah, he did that and he did that kind of stuff for a year. Right. That's a good point. Um, I kind of took uh, the context out of it okay. in terms of yeah. how I graded these goals. And I would say that um, the reason why Zegris is because, first of all, I'm going to be referencing a defunct theory, okay. which is the bystander effect, right? And yeah, it's, sure. it's considered a, a defunct theory because of, uh, there was a lot of circumstances that led to that thing that led to the writing of the bystander effect. But the idea is it defunct that, because I've never heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> you smart had guys. To, if we had to defunct every theory, that you'd never. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> but the point is, is that it's like you had four guys that almost all expected the next guy to do it. Right. Yeah. Everybody was yeah. just kind of reaching. They weren't really, you, you know what I mean? If, if, if somebody turned to the next guy and said, Hey, you and me, we're doing this. And you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. of course, as a goaltender, I, I'll be honest, I've been in that situation where I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not getting a shot here. And then you get the shot and you yeah. go, Oh wow. Yeah. I got that. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So um, it's not to take away from Connor McDavid. Cause I hate it when people do that. I remember when Bobrovsky made that save on Jakob de la Rose and he was just flying across the crease and people were like, well, De La Rose needs to release the puck faster. It's like, are you kidding me, man? This guy skated. This guy flew across the crease 12 feet in, in one one thousandth of a second. A, a, a hummingbird's wing flap. And, and you're like, Jakob De La Rose should have shot the puck faster. So it, I am doing the thing that bothers me. But in terms of the Zegris, it's actually the Sonny Milano goal, right? Right, right, right. But it was just like, first of all, you've got two uh, teammates that just synced up in such a perfect, beautiful fashion, like yeah. synchronized swimming. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I cared yeah. at all about synchronized swimming. <laughs> okay. And the fact that, uh, that, you know, like, I don't know what a defender, like, obviously in hindsight, I could tell you what a defender should do. But if I were a defender on ask, the ice there. Ask John Tortorello what a defender should do. <laughs> he should actually, wipe him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've actually kind of winked at one of my uh, answers to my next question. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, you, you know what? I mean, they're both they're both amazing goals, right? Is right? there a wrong like, answer? I mean, no, there's not. Yeah. Of course, there's not a wrong answer, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to the next question. What was the biggest on ice story of the year, uh, for 2021? Well, to me again, it's Connor McDavid. 
He had 50 goals and 154 yeah. points in 85 games. Welcome to Connor McDavid Unfiltered, starring <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ken Campbell. Yeah. yeah. No, to me, I, I mean, and the reason why I say that is that 2021 was, that was the st- on-ice story for me in 2021, is that I believe, and I firmly believe this, and this is why I think it's such a shame that the NHLers aren't going to the Olympics. Yeah. I, I, I get why. I get yeah. why. I understand. That was in an article it, recently. In, yeah, in 2018, yeah. I thought it was stupid that they didn't go to the Olympics. In 2022, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and th- that's part of the reason why I think it's such a tragedy, not a tragedy. It's, it's, I'm very, very unfortunate that NHLers aren't going to the Olympics because I think in, in the calendar year of 2021, we may have seen one of the best players in the history of the game at the apex of his powers. Right. Like, I think this is the best. Yeah. Like, that's the best. Yeah. It's not getting any better from here. Yeah. Cause he's, what, 24 now? You know, I, I well, you, you, uh, you know, pocket protector, geeky numbers guys <laughs> will tell us that a player peaks at 25, right? Basically. Yeah, pretty much yeah. these days. Yeah. 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 So, so like we, we've seen the best of yeah. Connor McDavid. This 2021 may be the best we. Unless your name is Mark Giordano, at which point you peak at 38. Yeah, right, right, or Mike exactly. Smith, where you peak at 28 and then 38 yeah. and maybe 48. 48. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but to me, it, it was just the best of one of the best players that we'll ever see, one of the most dynamic players we'll ever see, one of the most talented players we'll ever yeah. see. 2021 was his year. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you, how do you disagree with something like that? Uh, but I will, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that the on ice story for 2021, obviously like, I, I think it's gotta be like Montreal's run to the cup final. And a big reason why is not just because they made a run to the cup final, but because of the train wreck that happened afterwards yeah. too. <laughs> well, you know what? I thought about saying that, but I thought I'm going to take the positive because okay. obviously I cover Montreal outside of this podcast. And so okay. I, I've written and spoken more than enough about the train wreck. That is the 2021, 22 Montreal season. Right. That's, that's kind of out of my system, but I started trying to put myself into this actual calendar year. And I started thinking about the fact that like, remember when Thornton and Marlowe, and, and that San Jose team went to the cup final and it was just like every, like all of hockey was rooting for them. They were, they were, yeah. Because, yeah. and they were yeah. against Pittsburgh, right? They played exactly. against Pittsburgh. Yep. And, and like Price and Weber kind of have that, that mysticism about that of some of the best players to never win a cup. Yeah. And, and so Weber, like when, when they beat, uh, when they beat the Golden Knights, that was the furthest he's ever gone in a playoff series. And you're like, that's like, I mean, that's a shame. Yeah. Right. And so it it wasn't just that it was a good underdog story. And it wasn't just that, you know, I I recorded, um, I don't know if you heard it. I recorded a, they, I, I ain't going to work on Megan's farm no more because I ain't going (laughs) to listen to those experts no more. Okay. (laughs) Just for fun. Okay. But like, it it wasn't just that it was the underdog story and it wasn't just that it was, you know, the team that I follow and cheer (laughs) for and all the rest of it. But it was the fact that like, you finally saw Price and Weber just say, that's it. I'm I, I'm doing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and all due respect to the rest of the team and of course Philippe Deneau and you know these guys. But you saw Price and Weber just turn around and say, "Hey, you know what? We can still be the best at our positions." And that was shocking as a guy who watched Weber play in the regular season and Price and, himself and Price too. Yeah. 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 Exactly. See, to me, I, I I'm I'm with you on that story. I mean, it was a huge story. But to me, what makes the story so compelling and so incredible. Yeah. Is, is I think the postscript to it. 
Right. And that is that they suck. They, 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 from that point on, yeah. from the from the end of game four yeah. until now, it's just been one terrible thing after another <laughs> yeah. that they've either done or had done to them. Yeah. That that's just like and now they're now they're a lottery team. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I To me, that's what makes the story compelling. Yeah. Like, because a lot of teams do that, right? Right. You know, a lot of teams go to the final and they yeah. overachieve. And we all knew they weren't going to win. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew yeah. they I knew they weren't going to beat Tampa in the final. I yeah. knew I knew it. Yeah. Um, and I knew it from the, in the fiber of my being. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but a lot of teams do that, but they don't. You know, and then they come back and they're obviously not as good as, as they were for, you know, two months yeah. the, the previous season. But wow, this, this fall from grace has just been stunning. Shocking. It's been stunning. Yeah. And the thing that people forget about this fall from grace is that Jake Allen is playing as well statistically and by my personal opinion on eye test as Kerry Price played in the last season. So At you're least, getting the same yeah. goaltending. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like price isn't the solution here. It's like, it's so beyond that. And it's so systemic is the issue because Weber wasn't very good. You could argue during the regular season, you could argue that he was an active detriment to his team during the mm-hmm. regular season. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, it's all good. Finding good to say that those guys, you take them out of the lineup and that hurts. And maybe, maybe the leadership, it hurts a lot, but I mean, it, it's, it is stunning. I, I I didn't see it coming. Well, I knew that they weren't going to be Stanley Cup good, but I didn't see this coming. Well, I mean, the Canadians were going to have to move on from Shea Weber anyway, right? Like, I mean, hey, I, he's I, under contract until he's forty. Yeah. No, they don't but have to move I, on I mean, until. I, no, no, not move, not move on from <laughs> yeah, him. But yeah. but somebody was going to have to pick up the mantle there, you know? Yeah. Like so, it was going to have to be Cole Caulfield. It was going to have to be those younger, yeah. you know, those younger guys, Nick yeah. Suzuki. And Suzuki started out well and, and, and that, but uh, it, those guys were going to have to pick it up Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, what do you think was the biggest off ice story of the year? No question to me. No question at all. It's the Kyle Beach situation. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the domino effect of how many people lost their jobs mm-hmm. of what kind of sort of impact this had on the hockey world how it made us examine the culture of hockey and the culture of secrecy around hockey and the power imbalance that exists in hockey. Um, You know, I I can't tell you how many people were saying, you know, like, like Kyle Beach was a six foot four, 200 and something pound guy. And Brad Aldrich was my size, five foot six, 150. Why didn't he just fight? Well, because there's, there's a power imbalance. It's a power imbalance. And, and you, you know, I mean, so I think, I think that was a, that in hockey was a real teachable moment. You know what I mean? Like a real teachable moment. Yeah. We learned that it doesn't matter. Yeah. how big and how strong and how good you are yeah. and how high you get picked in the draft. Yeah. You know, if something like this happens, it can ruin a person yeah. and, and it's happened before. And, and, and it, and it almost went under the radar this time, you know, yeah. until Kyle beach spoke up. Yeah. And, uh, I, th- I think that was a, a huge watershed moment for the NHL and it's going to have ripple effects for years and years to come. I think, you know, I was reading your article on uh, your Hockey Unfiltered Substack about Kyle Beach, and uh, 
you know, you're you're writing a lot about him as the player and yeah. as the person he was. And, it, and what really occurred to me, and if I can be blunt, this is unfiltered, right? Yep. If you've got a guy, and pardon the, is, who's a sicko, right? Like Aldrich was. And obviously this is a power play dynamic sicko thing. Kyle Beach was kind of like the obvious uh, candidate mm -hmm. in the sense that like what people are now starting to understand, like you alluded to, people are now seem to understand about uh, sexual assault is that it's, it's not the gratification. It's the power. Right. right. And so for him, right. you know, he's, he's not, you know, pardon the old cliche, but it's like, you know, punching out the biggest guy in the prison yard, right? He's going for Kyle Beach because of that exact thing. And so people that think that they're exempt or people like Kyle Beach should be exempt from situations like this don't understand the fact that those are the people that are actually being sought out. Right, right. I mean, the vulnerable, right? The, or well, the, or creating the, the seemingly vulnerable. invulnerable yeah, and yeah, making yeah. them yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's yeah. that's really no, it, it, to me, To me, it was, it was the story of... It should be the story of the year, and um, I, I think Kyle Beach is one of the most um, influential people in hockey in 2021. Yeah. I really do. I think he's he's shaken the game to its core. Yeah. So for mine, I'm going to go a little bit back to the well of the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, and I think that this dovetails so nicely with the Kyle Beach story, and that's the Logan Mayu thing. Right. And so... What, like for those that didn't follow it that closely, Logan Mayu was drafted and there was an outcry on Twitter. Now, an outcry on Twitter, you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now things are getting done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the outcry was, it, it was incredible because <clears throat> for me, I, I don't want to say like, I don't want to sound wishy-washy, like I straddle the lines, but like, you know, I, I read a lot of traditional journalism. I'm part of what you would call alternative media. I go back and forth through all of that. And there's normally a lot of uh, enmity between the traditional media guys and the, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it, but everybody, like to a person, was speaking out against Logan Mayu and that draft choice and and how bad that was. And and, and your article was fantastic about it, which, which really helped um, – bring into focus some of the thoughts that I was having that were kind of whirling around my head, which is that it's not about Logan Mayu. Yeah. I, you, you said people were speaking and, and I'm sure you didn't mean it that way that they were speaking out against Logan Mayu. Right. I think they were speaking out against Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadians yeah. for, for making that pick and a culture that, that yeah, yeah. deemed that as okay. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that that was like, that was brilliant to me. And uh, so, but there, the, the reaching implications was San Hubert threatened to pull their sponsorship. Right. Then Jeff Molson has to write an open letter. All, and now we've seen Bergevin fired, Timmons fired, uh, and what's his name and what's his name well, uh, fired and walked away, right? Uh, the head of PR and the other assistant yeah, general Paul, manager. Paul Wilson. And, Paul Wilson, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my point is, is that like all of a sudden, I think that the hockey world between Logan Mayu and Kyle Beach you know, I'm kind of picturing the conversation between Bergevin and, and Molson, and it's, uh, hey, we're going to draft that Kyle Beach kid. Is there issues about him? Ah, nothing we can't handle. Right? Yeah. Logan Mayu, you mean you said Logan Mayu, pardon yeah, me. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Ah, nothing yeah, we can't yeah. handle. And right. then all of a sudden, it is something that you can't handle. Right? And I, I really hope the conversation wasn't that quick. I really hope it wasn't. You, it might have been. You don't been. think it was? I, I, 
Maybe I don't. I hope it wasn't. Yeah. I, I hope they said, you know, we could really be in for it here. And, and, you know, I mean, Jeff Molson was like talking about second chances and that sort of thing. I hope at least they talked about that part of it. I think that that was retroactive. I think that, that yeah, would damage okay. control. Yeah, yeah. You might, you may be, and you may very well be right. And Bergevin comes out and I'm sitting there on the draft and it's remote, of course, because everything's remote now. And I was, I think I was talking to the guy Washington picked, to Hendricks Lapierre. Was that okay? Was? Yeah. Yeah. So he's in the middle of his thing, and and I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, and yeah. I see Mark Bergevin on there. We, you know, the Habs select the Canadians yeah. select Logan Mayu in the first round. And I was like, well, there goes there goes my night, you know. And <laughs> yeah. and and then he comes on right after, and he says, what Logan Mayu did was unacceptable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, clearly. It was I know not. I feel that way. Clearly it yeah. was not unacceptable yeah. because you accepted it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so... If you look at the root words <laughs> yeah, of un- yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. 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 It's unacceptable like old- is defined by Webster as <laughs> not acceptable. Yeah. The old Princess Bride <laughs> joke. You keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah. So yeah, that, that was... That was uh, that was a gong show. I, I think that that's, but that's a shot across the bow of every front office now that thinks that the world is the same where we can just, you know, uh, we can just take Nick Cousins. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's a shot across the bow. And so Kyle Beach and Logan Mayu happening on the same year is like such an yeah. interesting confluence yeah. of yeah. events where I think that it's going to spark so much social change, like like to the point where normally we would see 10 years it take to see this much social change. Yeah. And we might see that all happen in the blink of an eye, which is great for my generation that wants everything to happen in the blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly pushing things, yeah. pushing the agenda yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, biggest blunder of 2021. Okay. Well, for me, I mean, it was, it was, I, I also had the Logan Mayu yeah. thing in there, but to me, it was, it was two things. It was a tie for me and they were both, they both were born out of tone deafness. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Number one was Logan Mayu. Right. That was like incredibly tone deaf. The other was the NHL hiring this kid by the name of Josh Richards to be their voice of the fans or something. Oh, I'd forgotten yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he was, what did they, like special consultant for like- for like uh, TikTok Hips, or something. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyways, you know. Yeah. Something so, useless like podcasting yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, so here's me at the time, a 58 year old guy who's basically doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look into this. And, and so somebody had said, yeah, well, he has a podcast with Dave Portnoy. Right. And so I'm looking into it and I play a couple of them and I see they do this, this game called, F, marry, or kill, right? And they <laughs> right. pick three women, yeah. and he has to F no one, way. marry one, and yeah, kill yeah. one. Yeah. And so, like, I guess this is all the rage with kids, because I actually hadn't even heard of that game yeah. before that. Yeah. And then I talked to my kids about it. Yeah. Uh, my kids are 25 and 21. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, people do that all, play that game all the time. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. But to me, like, is that the look you want? Like, it's especially unreal. when you come out and you're like, Hockey's for everyone. You know, two days before they had announced a $5 million initiative to, um, uh, you know, be inclusive and yeah. all this other stuff. And and then they hire this guy and it's like, you know, words, not deeds, you know, words and deeds, right? Yeah, exactly. Deeds mean more than words. Yeah. And to me, it just, 
seemed completely tone deaf. Either that or they just didn't do their they just didn't do their due diligence on the guy. Yeah. And my point was, if that's the case, again, going back, I'm the 58 year old guy who does it, who's scared <laughs> of all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even know what I'm doing when yeah. I'm doing this. And and I found it. Yeah. How difficult could it have been? <laughs> They needed to hire a consultant to hire their consultant <laughs> yeah, is what yeah, they needed to do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I definitely, I've, I've heard of it before. I've heard of the game before. I've, uh, I've thought it quite odd that it's considered a game to discuss who you would murder. Yeah, and apparently <laughs> yeah. women. And apparently, it was big I've been with told Ted too, Bundy, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and I've also been told it's apparently women play it too. So yeah. it's not just a, a it's not just a misogynist thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like women play it and they pick three men. So yeah. but yeah. Anyways. Not uh <laughs> yeah. not an ideal look. Not a lo- not an ideal look for the NHL. No. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, first uh, yeah. First first red flag is he's he's, you know, with the guys who do bar stool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you want to if you're trying to portray the notion that you're inclusive and that you're, you know, hockey's for everyone. Yeah. You may want to distance yourself from someone like that. Hockey's for everyone. We want to make sure that the white supremacists feel at home here. (laughs) We want to make sure that the misogynists, we got to cover all of the bases here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love how it's like our first podcast episode and we're like, Hey, let's just fire a shot across the bow of like the number one rated podcast, a uh, uh, bar, uh, bar stool spitting chiclets. Let's just, you know, yeah. let's just throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll tell them, tell them how it's done. Okay. For me, the biggest blunder, and now it seems like nothing. I wish I went first. Cause now mine just seems like stupid, but I was going <laughs> to say Jack Eichel and the handling of Jack Eichel. Okay. And, and the reason why is because I'm picturing the sales call. Okay. So here, here, here I am. Okay. I'm uh, uh what's his name? Uh, the GM of Buffalo, uh, Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams. That's right. I almost said Jack Adams and I knew that that was wrong. <laughs> so I'm Kevin Adams. And I, and I say, Jack, you're not getting that surgery because uh, I think it's dangerous and I don't think that it's going to be good for you. Right. And Jack's pissed, but you know, whatever I'm Kevin, I'm Kevin Adams. Right. And then he picks up the phone and he says, Hey, you want, you want Jack Eichel? Oh, he's so good. And he's so close. And he's all he's got to do is get this surgery that we don't want him to get. And then he's going to be that number two draft pick right behind Connor McDavid, second best player in the NHL that he was always supposed to be. And it's like your whole actions, like all of your actions and not allowing him to get that surgery screamed. I don't think that this is a safe surgery, but then you expected a return. Right. As right. if it was a completely safe surgery, <clears throat> right? Okay. You know, it'd be yeah, like yeah. you go to, you know, you go to a, a dealership and they've got like a Corvette and they say like, you know, they say, we want $150,000. Well, can I open the hood? No, it might not have an engine. <laughs> really? Yes. This is our car. It may or may not have an engine, but, uh, but we expect the full sticker price of what this vet would be worth. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it just seemed like so bizarre. I think that all things being considered, they got a great package in return for I him. Think, I think Alex Tuck is going to fit in there when he comes back from his injury. Yeah. I think he is going to be outstanding. And I love that he got up in his first press conference and said, <laughs> I want to be here. I'm from near here. This is amazing. I think, I think he's going to be great for them. Yeah. I mean, I think he's an underappreciated player. Like when he was drafted, there was a lot of rage about him, but yeah. I don't know where that died down, I guess. Um, yeah. Po- see, probably just the injury. See with Eichel too, I just get the sense that it was, it was never a very good marriage. 
Yeah. You know, it was always a, like a crappy marriage. So this kind of, this kind of, I have no like, idea what crappy marriages feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm on my second one and this is a good one, but my first one, not so much. Yeah. Um, but, but I just feel like that was, uh, that was destined to end badly regardless of how it ended. Right. So I wasn't surprised that that's how it ended, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I get Buffalo. I mean, I get Buffalo that, I mean, the CBA is right there. We yeah. have, we have it. We have the CBA on yeah. our side. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you don't like it, then change the CBA. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I mean, that's a pure, that's a, that's a prime example of, uh, of, of not following the spirit of the law, if you will. I don't think that that, that particular part of the CBA was designed for uh, major surgery. I think that it was probably put in to say that if some if some player came in and said, hey, I know I've got a broken leg, but uh, I was thinking about just like rubbing some, you know, some hemp oil on it and uh, see how it like yeah. I think that that was put in to protect teams from <clears throat> from from, you know, pseudoscience. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but obviously this is not that. Yeah. No, it's not. But if anybody thinks that as misguided as they might have thought the Buffalo Sabres were. Right. If anybody thinks that they did not, that the Buffalo Sabres at their core did not have Jack Eichel's best interests in mind, yeah. they're, they're wrong. Yeah. They're just wrong. Yeah. They, they, the Buffalo, you can argue one way or another, whether they were right, whether they were wrong, whether they should have let him have the surgery, whether they shouldn't have let him have the surgery, whatever. But they were doing what they thought was best for Jack Eichel. Because show me a GM who wants to who wants to squander away an asset like that. Mark Bergevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but no, but they they you know Kevin Adams at his core was doing what he thought was best for the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah. But what was best for best for Jack Eichel too? Because what was best for Jack Eichel, whether he came back and played for them or they traded him, was best for the Buffalo Sabers. I do agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. I, I do think that that's that that's kind of lost in the shuffle that that uh, people thought that, you know, Kevin Adams was just trying to use him up and not chew a chance. Him up and no chance. Yeah. And like it like it's like I hear these things all the time that, you know, the coach is doing this because he wants to screw a player or whatever. No, show me the coach that doesn't want to win every game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and like you don't just take these guys and play with their lives just be just for a uh, just just to get your jollies, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're squandering assets when you do that. Yeah, you have an asset. You want to yeah. you want to extract the most out of it. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so you sent me this question, and I do have a confession to make. You said uh, well, which one was it? You said what's the uh, 2021 the equivalent of? What's the 2021 equivalent of the Squid Games for the NHL? Yeah, I thought I thought I put a little bit of um, you know, the kids with their pop culture stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've not watched the Squid Games, and I'm. I didn't I'm, watch it either. But it was really appara- no. Apparently, it was like all the rage, right? It, like was, it was all the rage. I didn't watch I get, Tiger King either. Neither did I. <laughs> I did. I, I watched about a half an hour of the first one, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "This isn't compelling at all." Yeah. Like to me, like stuff like that, like Survivor. Right. I've never watched Survivor. No, neither have I. I, I like. I don't find schmoes compelling. <laughs> like I don't want to escape. I don't want to escape. And watch a bunch of schmoes like me. I have to live in the skin of a schmo every day for my entire life. I don't need to see more schmoes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, well, okay. Yeah. Well, so maybe it wasn't a must watch because neither of us watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it was like the big deal, right? Like, yeah, yeah. 
So anyways, that was the parallel I was making. Yeah. What's the NHL version of the Squid Games? Yeah. Squid Game. What was the must watch? Oh, it's not plural. It's not Squid Game. Yeah. yeah There's right. only one game, right. multiple squids? Something like that. Yeah, Squid's Game. No? <laughs> squid, plural. There are people still squid. screaming at us right now. <laughs> there are just people squid screaming pluralized at us. Squid, pluralized is still squid, I think. Yeah. Anyways, so what was the what was the NHL equivalent of like what's yeah. the must watch? Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Succession. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. What was the NHL equivalent of Succession? Right. I'm watching. For me, succession. it would be. For me, it would be. What's the NHL equivalent of the morning show or Ted, Ted Lasso? That's it. That's a good. I show. missed. I, I missed yeah. out. Yeah. It shouldn't have been Squid Game. It should have been Ted Lasso. <laughs> what's the NHL equivalent of Ted Lasso that you just could not miss? So let's hear it. What's the NHL equivalent of Ted Lasso? For me, it was Kale McCarr. Yeah. I I have to watch Colorado play because I yeah. have to watch him play. Yeah. That's saying something that on like the Colorado Avalanche, the person that you have to watch play, that you have to circle, I, 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 is Kale McCarr. I love watching him play. Yeah. I, I, like his game is just seems to be progressing, you know, more and more and more. And like he's on a 44 goal pace right now. Yeah. 45 goal pace. Um, you know, the way he walks the line, the way he shoots the puck, just, you know, sort of the headiness to his game. It's just, to me, it's, it's, Scott Niedermeyer. But who can score? He's, he's, he's a small Scott, and he's just me, never going to be any good. To, yeah, right. <laughs> to me, he's a Scott Niedermeyer yeah. who produces more offense than Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah. Like I, I just love watching him play. And and I, I really like watching the Winnipeg Jets play too. But but no. as far as like the one guy, like if there's f- six games on yeah. and Colorado's playing, yeah. I'm focusing on the Colorado game because I just want to see what Kale McCarr is going to do. Interesting. So if I have an answer to this, I do have an answer to this question, but I, uh, if we're going to go by the original question, what's the NHL squid games as in something that I should watch, but I've never watched. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I keep on wanting to get more into the New York Rangers, right? Because they're just so compelling to me, but I just, I've not been watching their games live. Right. But I'll just go with the most basic answer. The most obvious answer is just Connor McDavid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I kept on trying to like, you know, big brain it and come up with some like, you know, really interesting, you know, explanation for something. And it's just like, how about the guy who's the best guy in the world at the best we've ever seen him play? And like if he, he doesn't score for like two games and like the world is, is the, the sky is falling down, like we have not seen a guy like this and. And trailing not far behind him, and this is the honest truth, is although it's teammate. not being, sorry? Is his teammate. No, I was going to say is uh, is is Austin Matthews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's one of these guys where he doesn't seem to be appropriately rated. Okay. In the sense where a lot of people seem to think that everyone thinks he's the best. And he's obviously not the best. But I think that there's a real argument for him being the second best player in the NHL. Okay, so, okay, we have to untangle. Like, I feel like I just got (laughs) thrown a bunch of, like, um, iPod (laughs) earbud cords, and I have to untangle all of that. Yeah. So... For the People? kids listening, uh, air, air buds <laughs> used to have cords <laughs> yeah. like this, right? And and, you, and you'd have to, you know, tangle them. Okay, so so yeah. people think he's the best, but because they think he's the best, they don't think he's no, the best. No, I don't think that anyone thinks he's the best. I don't think that anyone thinks he's the best. I don't think that anyone thinks he's the best. Right. But I think that people think that other people think he's the best. <laughs> okay. And so they go, and so what they do is they wind up underrating. I'm uh, learning a lot about you. I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> One of them is that I'm starting to have regrets. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't at all blame you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the mental it. gymnastics aside, the, yeah. the verbal contortionism aside, my, my point is to say is that I think that uh, he gets underrated okay. because he's perceived as overrated. But I genuinely okay. think that we have not seen a guy that is this capable of scoring on demand. Okay. Okay. As, as Austin Matthews in the league, virtually, like I, he might be better than Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Okay. I, I don't. I don't okay. know. Will like like time will tell. Like if he can do this for another three years, if he puts up numbers like this in this NHL for another three years, I might be willing to say maybe not better, but maybe there. And, and they both look a couple of years older than they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting because like, I, I, I get it what you're, well, I sort of get it. I'm sure a lot of people don't. And if you don't understand, then just move on. Yeah. But, no, no, skip yeah. backwards. Listen yeah, yeah, to the explanation yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah. It'll start to make sense. No, I but I've, I've always, I've always gone the other way. Like with guys who are so underrated that they're overrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're saying it's the other way around. He's so overrated that he's actually underrated. I think that people, or, yeah. Or people think there's like a perception yeah, yeah, of yeah. him being overrated. And so people underrate him. It's bizarre. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. bizarre. But as yeah. a guy that spends a lot of time, you know, like I, I coach, I coach goaltending. And so I spend a lot of time with like, you know, junior coaches and rep coaches and they're all like the venom that they have for Matthews. And oh, I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, you know, I was like a Habs guy. I'm like, well, we'll take him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. give you everything. Well, you can have him in three years or whatever it is. Yeah, he's going to Arizona. <laughs> Arizona won't exist. Well, the, the place will exist. But, uh, no, the place will be burnt no, off no, the no, map. No, no, it won't. No. no, it actually will exist because the NHL will continue to traipse through the desert yeah. fighting for a team, and it doesn't even know why anymore. <laughs> and and it's just, it's just going to keep propping up this team because... That's what they've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if it doesn't work the first time, it should work any subsequent times, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, well, it's gotten to the point, like it's gotten to the point where for me, like, I, I don't even know if Arizona would be a good hockey market anymore. Like, I yeah. don't even know Yeah. because the team's been so bad and so dysfunctional for so long <laughs> that if you put that team in the Scotiabank center, they'd struggle. You should, you, know? you should switch them with like Colorado. <laughs> Or something like that, just as like yeah. a, a proof of like concept a, to see if Colorado a, give, give this market a good team for three years, and yeah. if, and if nobody comes out, then and, we'll and see. Then, then we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, biggest <laughs> WTF moment of the year. <laughs> okay, for me it was uh, during Gary Bettman's, and I, and I got into it with him over did it. you yeah, yeah that's it, hilarious. with my question i got into it with him over it uh somebody his, dared uh dared question the king yes <laughs> yeah i do it all the time um he's it, for me it was gary bettman's stated he always does the state of the union before the final right yeah and so he comes out before the final and he says that nhl officials are the best in the world at officiating hockey and they're the best in all of sports like, of course, read the room. <laughs> like, seriously, this came like a month and a half after you basically had to end prematurely end Tim Peel's career because he got caught in a hot mic managing a game, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And and I mean, I, I mean, I just watched the playoffs and I watched infraction after infraction after infraction get ignored. And, and like, to me, like, it's just, it's just like, it's like when he came out 
like what talk is speaking of Arizona when he comes out, uh, you know, two weeks ago and says there are there's no problem the field, in the desert. There are no issues in Arizona. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> like, okay. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to say, you know, like if you want to fight for Arizona yeah. and, and you, and you want to fight for that market, yeah. that's one thing. We're going to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the the other, that's yeah. one thing. We believe in the market. But to and we're sit gonna work there and it, yeah. say that a team that's had to renounce a draft pick, got caught in a recruiting scandal, is a, is a drain on revenues, doesn't have a place to play next year, is getting kicked out of its arena and is behind on its payments. Yeah. To say there are no issues. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, come on, how stupid do you think people are? Yeah, the trouble is that Gary Bettman didn't donate the $3 to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) So he's lost access. He's lost his privilege of Wikipedia. Yeah, I think that's what the trouble is because a very quick Wikipedia search, I think, will. uh, Maybe the Arizona thing was a bigger WTF than the ref thing. Like, 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 now that I look at it in review. And yeah. In totality, yeah. Maybe the Arizona thing was a bigger what the your yes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not going there yet. It's only, yeah. it's only the first one. Early days. We're gonna sell this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll have nowhere to go but down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got to leave them wanting more. <laughs> um, I think so. It's funny because my thought was immediately with officiating as well. Yeah. And this one, I just it's just so funny. It's uh, the league's crackdown on cross-checking. Ah, okay. It's yep. just, it is, it's so unbelievable. Penalties are <laughs> down Cross-checking in the NHL. penalties are down? No, no. Oh, uh, just penalties? Yeah. Penalties in general. I don't, I don't know what the numbers are specifically for cross-checking, but my point is, happens constantly. And it, what bothers me about cross-checking specifically and, you know, look, you know, I'm shooting the golden goose, right? As, you know, just watching a team go to the Stanley Cup finals based on the, the yeah. strength of their cross-checking. But <laughs> my point is, is that like what, what bothers me specifically is that they're like, we don't want to call that, that that really dangerous little cross-check where you put somebody into the boards, they go into the boards head first and they eat the dasher. The one in front of the net too, they really didn't want that I one. I don't even mind the one in front of the net that well, much. See, but what they were saying was, was because... Like a guy gets cross-checked, and I just saw it the other night again, especially yeah. on the power play. A guy gets cross-checked, guy takes a shot yeah. from the point. Ooh, yeah. almost. Uh, look at this, eh? Look how good this is. Dylan's like a, <laughs> you're like a handyman, <laughs> a carpenter type. Look, yes. at, look, at, look at what he did here. So nice. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, what they, what they were worried about was the cross-check, and then the shot comes in, and the guy takes it in the face. Right. They were really worried about that. that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that seems less likely than getting cross-checked, you know, when you're standing a foot away from the boards and yeah. you get your face into the boards. Yeah. I guess, So my point is, is that they say we don't want to call that cross-check because we don't want guys drawing the penalty by throwing their face into the boards. Yeah. But then what they do call is when somebody slashes the top of somebody's stick and the guy drops his stick and he goes, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. well, that couldn't possibly be somebody selling a penalty. Right. So you mean to tell me that like by your twisted logic, uh, it's okay to like, like somebody will sell a penalty by throwing his face into the boards, which maybe, maybe not, but they won't draw a penalty by just dropping their stick. Right. And so after the whole cut down and cross checking, what do I see? More stick infractions. As far as I'm concerned, like if it's not dangerous and it doesn't completely unduly hinder the star players of the game, then who cares? Well, see, but it does, Dylan. That's the problem. And, you know, because because if because the problem is is if you allow it, then 
the players push it and push it and push it, right? Right. So that little tap on the glove becomes a little harder, becomes a broken hand, becomes Johnny Gaudreau. Okay, but that's getting, dangerous. Getting, getting it, but 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 a but, smack on the stick isn't dangerous. But but that but a smack on the stick isn't dangerous. But yeah. then it but then it 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 goes you know it sort of goes up exponentially because the players like I've always said this players just want to know how far they can go. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they'll go that far, yeah. and they might may try and push it a little further. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so if there's no standard and there's no, you know, there's nothing that says they can't go a certain distance, then they're just going to go all the way. They're just going to do right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're not wrong about that. Like, that's for sure. You're not wrong about that. I know. <laughs> Fine. I'll never, this, I'll never, I'll never admit that you're not wrong about something ever true. again. Yeah. I know this to be yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could you try it again without the quadruple <laughs> negative? You're not not entirely uncorrect about that <laughs> quadruple negative would be a positive right because it's I, even number it, yeah. it must be yeah. even number on a negative yeah yeah okay yeah. anyways yeah let's keep <laughs> her going <laughs> all right so can you name one good thing that came out of the pandemic yeah no all-star game <laughs> no but, but you, you love the all-star game yeah i do yeah that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites i've been to many of them yeah i think the last five or six yeah, I haven't watched a second of it. Yeah, even though I've been there. Yeah, I just go for the access. I just I, cut out preseason, and then you're, hate, you're I absolutely you're good. hate the All Star game. Yeah, so that was good. But in all seriousness, I will say that I think the one good thing that came out of the pandemic was the NHL and its players realized how much they missed having people in the stands. Hmm. I, I think there have been times that players have taken fans for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, they're kind of a pain and they, you know, yeah. you know, they, the rich ones want to come down to the dressing room at the end of the game and come and meet us and, yeah, yeah. you know, and all that other stuff. And, and that they, that they, you know, they don't, you know, there's, there's been a, a culture of not really, not, not caring about the fans, but not thinking of the fans. You know yeah. what I mean? Like with things like injury disclosure, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think the NHL's really been in tune with the fact that, when there's no people in the building and there aren't all those people there, it, it really takes away from the experience. Mm -hmm. And and I think there's been a sense of gratitude for that yeah. from the, from the league and from the players. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's one thing that maybe you can say has been a good thing that's come out of the pandemic, yeah. maybe that's it. You know, you made me think of something funny about that specifically, which was, uh, you know, the, uh, the lack of fans followed by, you know, the, the individual provinces and States and how they opened up meant that for once the Florida Panthers had Led more fans in, than the, <laughs> they, they were leading the league in attendance yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, the one that I, I'd say, and it kind of turned into a negative, but I, it, it was cool at the time was, uh, was the North division. I was very much excited oh, nice. for the North yeah, division. Yeah. Uh, I didn't end up liking it by the end of it. After you watch four games in five nights of Daryl Sutter's Calgary flames, taking on Dominic Ducharme's Montreal Canadiens and the defensive showdown of the century, <laughs> you kind of go, ah, you know what? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not great with this North division, but it, it was interesting. I did enjoy aspects of it. And, uh, and I feel like it's out of my system. <laughs> Good. Toward, toward the end of the original six era in the NHL. Yeah. When there were six teams. Yeah. They played seven. Oh, that's games. the original six era. The, which, you said the, towards the end of the original six when there were six teams. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah, when there were 16. Yeah. When they had about eight or nine yeah, yeah, is when yeah, we stopped yeah, calling yeah. it the original six and then, era. And then, and then there came the expansion era. Yeah. When they expanded. <laughs> <laughs> no, so in the, at the that's end- That's when the number went towards up. Towards the end of the, okay, so 60, uh, the 66, 67 season. Sure. When they had six teams called the original six era. Um, they had 70 games. 70 games in a season. Right. So you had five opponents over 70 games. And you wonder why it was more violent. That's 14 times a year they played the same team. (laughs) Yeah. 14 times. Yeah. So so we kind of got a bit of that last year. Like I, I, you know, you got, because they, what, what was it, 10? Yeah. Ten and and well, they played each other ten but, times yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like can you imagine? Oh yeah, yeah. wow, Chicago again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they never had Daryl Sutter coaching. Right. So that's I think the yeah, big difference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um yeah. All right. Final question. From a hockey standpoint, what are you hoping for more than anything else in twenty twenty two? Some normalcy. Normalcy. <laughs> Like I, I, you know, from I, a I, hockey standpoint, then. no, I, and that's what I mean. Some normalcy, like an 82 game season, a full yeah. playoff, uh, you know, maybe not having guys in pro- COVID protocol all the time. Yeah. Um, I get why they're there. I understand. We don't live in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, just because you're a bunch of, you know, very fit, healthy people who probably would never get you know, the negative effects of COVID affecting you right. doesn't mean you live in a vacuum and that you yeah. don't end up seeing your family and your parents and your grandparents exactly. and, and being in the community. So I get that. So I guess what I'm, I'm hoping for is, is an end to, you know, to all of this madness and maybe some normalcy back so that we have a season that ends in probably July. And then we start up again in September with training camp and, and we move on. That's kind of my hope. Yeah. World Health Organization is suggesting that by the end of 2022, the pandemic should be over. Right. I that that end of 2022. Yeah. Wow. So we we're still like 14. Well, they said by months. the end of. So I think that this is months, not a, not exactly yeah. a hard stop date. Yay. Yeah. So, but my point is to say is that you know, baby, right? Yeah. Because um, I, I imagine it won't just stop. It'll yeah, yeah. Dwindle, right? Right. Right. You know? right. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. Everybody's done with their COVID cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out of the ICU there. Get off that ventilator. What are you doing? Didn't you hear? The <laughs> pandemic's over. <laughs> um, I'd say that for me, just uh, increased accountability. I think that, okay. like we talked about it with Logan Mayu, we talked about it with Kyle Beach. Yep. I, I really think that front offices uh, are, are going to be startled straight. You know, I think that we're seeing this in almost all uh, areas of industry, you know, with, uh, when Volkswagen got caught, you know, cheating with their, uh, emissions test, the emissions test scandal and stuff like that. I think that we're seeing, um, we're, we're seeing businesses start to realize that a, a higher level of accountability actually breeds better, uh, relationships with the people that are propping them up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we have yet, yet to see that with Amazon, but other businesses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think are, are seeing that. And so I think that in hockey, I just hope to continue to see that. And as hard as it is and as upsetting as it is to to read stories like this, uh, I'm trying to frame it in my mind that if I read more stories like the Kyle Beach story, I'm going to take that as a positive that the changes in motion that even just the the fact of those stories happening 
uh, and being out there is, is part of that positive change. The, the time of reckoning. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you want one fun one that we didn't talk about before? Sure. In, in order to end this off on a lighter note than me talking about horrific scandals. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm down for that. As the kids would say, <laughs> I'm crushing, I'm smashing that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. Best theme song for a TV show. And it has to, oh yeah. What are you doing? Like, how am I supposed to come up with that? Okay, for a TV show. Yeah, right? for a TV show. And it has to be both a good song that you'd listen to and a, uh, a, a and go really well with the show. Okay. Wow. Um, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I thought you were going to say hee-haw. Cause it's just <laughs> no way. Best, best, best theme song. No question. Spider-Man, Spider-Man <laughs> does whatever a spider can. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not like mash, like the weirdly somber version of yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, no, no, you know? no. I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the one okay. I got. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with a newer show, the Mandalorian. It's great. It's got this never watched it. Lone Ranger type feel for it. And I love Star Wars and I love Westerns. Yeah. So you've got Oh, Hawaii Five O two. Yeah. There's some good ones. Yeah. 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 Big time. Okay. Ken, this was fun. How do you feel? Oh, I feel even better than when I walked in. <laughs> That's good because when I you walked in, you were complaining about all kinds of different things. I have a podcast. You now. have a podcast. It's amazing. So for those uh those listening, those that stuck with us, thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, I just want to say uh, I, I've, I've got this Substack thing going. Oh yes. Hockey unfiltered with Ken Campbell. You can Google that, or you can go to kencampbell.substack.com. We should probably mention that a few more times. Oh yeah. In upcoming podcasts and not just wait till the end. Well, presumably we'll be better at this as we do it more often. I don't, yeah, I'm not, not <laughs> con- I'm not terribly confident of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if history has taught us anything, it's that uh, we don't improve no right, matter what. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just no ask matter my the wife. circumstances. <laughs> Just ask my wife. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say is uh, for those that uh, that stuck with us, we appreciate it. And uh, this will become a weekly show starting in the new year. Yep. We're going to have guests. Follow us on Twitter uh, at KenCampbell27. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, is it K Campbell or Ken Campbell? Oh check boy. It. Check it. I better check it. This is like this is embarrassing. Well, it's not that embarrassing. Uh it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Ken underscore Campbell 27. There both we, wrong. Both, that, both have yeah, it wrong, yeah. Not, between yeah. the two of us, yes, yes. Yes. Join the Ken Campbell Hockey Unfiltered Podcast where two heads are equal to one. <laughs> we share, we take turns sharing the brain. <laughs> We'll see whose turn it is next week. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. Uh, just more of this. We're going to be covering more breaking news stuff in yep. uh, upcoming episodes. This was just sort of a year in review to get us started. And uh, take care. Have a have a great have a great new year. A great twenty twenty two. Yeah, all the a best. Great twenty twenty two.